Welcome to Jack Chat presented by the Journal of Athletic Training, the official journal of the National Athletic Trainers Association. I'm Dr. Kara Radzak, Associate Professor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and your host for today. Today, I am joined by Dr. Sean Eagle, the first author of the manuscript recently published in the Journal of Athletic Training entitled Association of Multi-Domain Assessment Outcomes with Referral for Vestibular Therapy After Concussion. Dr. Eagle collaborated on Department of Defense-funded research through the University of Pittsburgh since 2013, and his research interests are currently focused on mitigating risk of long-term sequela following a traumatic brain injury with a specialized focus on mental health issues. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sean. Thank you for having me. So the first thing that I want you kind of go into is give us a little bit of insight onto why did you guys decide to to look into this issue? Yeah, so at the time I worked for the UPMC Concussion Clinic, uh, the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center Concussion Clinic as a, as a postdoc, and they have a full-time in-house vestibular therapist, um, which is definitely a luxury for a specialty concussion clinic. Um, so it, the vestibular aspect of the injury is a major focus of, of the program. Um, and, you know, the neuropsychologists that are there uh, know perfectly well why they decide to uh, refer someone to vestibular therapy after having a concussion. Um, but we were noticing there's a dense network of athletic trainers in the area um, that, that go to high schools, secondary schools, uh, different levels of, of uh, college and, and club sports. And we realized that they didn't fully know that there was a possibility to refer for vestibular therapy. And even more so, what do I look for in order to refer someone to vestibular therapy? So that was really the genesis of the, of the study itself. So how did you guys develop this study? What was your primary research question? Was it really just honing in on what were those factors leading to referral? Give us some more information on that, what your purpose was. Yeah, primarily we wanted to do two things, was, was incorporate um, and emphasize the importance of a multi-domain assessment to, to look at concussion. Um, that's really a secondary aim to the primary aim of identifying which things were most associated with receiving a referral for vestibular therapy from our neuropsychology team. Um, while, you know, there is, there is uh, clinician to clinician variance in, in who there's no, you know, established cutoff for at this level on the VOMS, for example, uh, at a symptom score, you're going to be referred to vestibular therapy. Um, so it's it's more describing how how we do this uh, in our clinic um, and and provide some you know streamlined markers for the athletic trainer to to think about and maybe put those antenna up like maybe this person needs to get referred. So you did a medical chart review, and what um, components of the patient's chart were you guys looking at? Did you, what data did you pull? Yeah, so we pulled um, the post-concussion symptom scale for for general symptoms. We also pulled the concussion clinical profile screen, which is a little bit more specific. Uh, 
kind of uh, digging down into the specifics of what, what is observed in a concussion specialty clinic, um, the way patients describe their symptoms. Uh, we also looked at neurocognitive domains from the impact computerized uh, test. We looked at the vestibular ocular motor screening, uh, and we looked at medical history demographics uh, just for the classic risk factors associated with prolonged uh, concussion recovery and also uh, vestibular issues after concussion. So you put that all in the model, you shake it up, right? <laughs> so you guys are doing some logistic regressions. What did you think would come out and how is that different than ac what actually you found? Yeah, that's a really good question. So we did it this in a, in a serial manner in which we took all of we did actually five different regression models and then one kind of ultimate model for lack of a better word. Um, for the five different models, we use predictors, uh, individual predictors from each of the domains I just listed. So PCSS symptoms, um, CP screen symptoms, VOMs, neurocognitive domains, and also the demographics and medical history. If something was significant, statistically significant in those models, we entered it into a backwards logistic regression for, for kind of the key outcome of this study, uh, looking at all these different factors together and how they, how they related to receiving a referral for vestibular therapy, um, one controlled for each other. Um, we expected, uh, we expected a few things um, you know, one of the more prominent risk factors associated with, with a pronounced vestibular issue after a concussion is a history of motion sickness, uh, which was not retained in, in the final logistic regression model uh, where migraine history was. Some of the things that came out are exactly how you might expect it. You know, visual motion sensitivity from the VOMS, uh, horizontal saccades, horizontal vestibular ocular reflex, and near point of convergence. You know, we expected the VOMs to, to have a high degree of relationship to, to vestibular therapy. Um, some of the other more interesting ones um, are the emotional piece. Um, reporting a more emotional symptoms was associated with increased odds of having that referral. Um, and increased headache when concentrating, which might be related to the ocular uh, component of, of the injury and how that's so intimately tied to the vestibular system. So how common is it for vestibular therapy to be referred in concussions in general? And then does that differ with if you have a vestibular or an ocular subtype? Yes, that's a great question. Uh, at our clinic, uh, we included 331 uh, consecutive patients across a bro broad range of ages and times since injury, um, we found a 17.5% rate of referral to vestibular therapy. Now, what that means is um, usually that means someone has a pronounced vestibular issue after their injury, uh, but it can also mean that they have an ocular issue specifically and we send them down to our vestibular therapists first before they get a referral on to uh, a more specialized ocular therapy if they need it. What we have found in our clinic, and this may not be the case in other clinics, is that vestibular therapy can some sometimes reintegrate those issues and, and make that patient better. 
So um, let's talk a little bit more about your findings. So you already talked about that the VOMS was heavily um was one of the ones that came out as significant and included in that master model as well. One thing that um, came out to me as, as something that caught my attention was if they had a history of a motor vehicle accident. Can you mm-hmm. go into that a little bit more and talk about some of those other findings that are kind of really unique? Yeah, that was really interesting. Um and maybe not necessarily something we hypothesized, but it might be related to severity of the injury. Well, these are all concussions. These are all people with uh, negative head CT scans if if they went to the emergency department. Um, Many of them did not, but if they come from a motor vehicle accident, those typically tend to be a more you know, violent mechanism than related to sport, even the collision sports. Uh, and that may make someone more likely to um, perturb that vestibular system. Uh, It's an interesting possibility for future research. Uh, One thing to note about that finding is the odds ratio is extremely high in the final model. It's 15.5, and the 95% confidence interval ranges from 3 to 71, which which means there's probably – there's probably some variance in there that with a larger sample size, we might've been able to shrink that down a little bit, but it is, it is something worth uh, delving into for future work. And what were some of the other things that came out that you think are really clinical relevant? You mentioned that these were referrals, not from athletic trainers, but how do um, athletic trainers or other healthcare providers take these referrals from your, your experts, right. And bring it into their own practice. Yeah, that's a really good question. So that's that's another reason why I wanted to do the tiered models of five different logistic regression models and then one one large one that, that summed everything together. Um, I think one kind of th- key thing here is, you know, we expected the VOMS to be have relationships to vestibular therapy. I mean, that's, that's beyond intuitive. Um, some of the other things kind of show the multidimensional part of of this injury and how it's not, you're not just one thing after a concussion, you know, subtypes are important, um, but the subtypes often overlap in certain areas. And, you know, I think the key example of that is the more emotional um, finding in our regression model, you know, vestibular issues, uh, dizziness, uh, and attacks like that can, can be very debilitating from a psychosocial standpoint. Um, you hear you hear about kids complaining about being worried about walking down the hallway. It might stir up those symptoms at school and and cause them to you know have an attack of dizziness that makes them uncomfortable, makes them embarrassed, and it's this it's ongoing feedback loop of of issues to where they withdraw from their life and they become very very sensitive to their symptoms. Um, I, I thought that was a particularly interesting finding and, and can show that dizziness is an important part of this injury. It needs to be um, rectified as quickly as possible because the longer it it goes on, the longer those issues can manifest into psychological issues. And based upon this finding and kind of your special focus on mental health issues, 
What would you recommend for um, a clinician that's kind of wanting to screen is, is this impacting my athlete's mental health? We've done prior work where we correlated VOMS outcomes to the Dizziness Handicap Inventory, or DHI, uh, which is a valid measure of vestibular issues and how it relates to impacting your daily life um, and function. Uh, We found some moderate correlations, um, but that has a specific emotional component to it. It's actually 30 questions or or more. It's a fairly long assessment for symptoms, Um, but it it kind of drove home to me uh, that study of how how debilitating this can be um, for certain people. And there was a bit of a floor effect in our study because we were looking at a younger sport related population and the DHI was actually validated for for a slightly older population. with naturally occurring vestibular issues as opposed to from trauma. Um, But, you know, I would encourage people uh, the best way to uh, stop vestibular issues from becoming a long-term problem and maybe shifting into the psychological domain is to intervene as quickly as possible. I mean, you kind of just already touched on it, but is there anything else you want to add on, uh, you know, what, the the time post-injury in this study or recommendations on when should you be thinking about giving that referral to vestibular therapy? You know, it, it's easy in a specialty clinic to refer to the vestibular therapist downstairs to, to work on this, but athletic trainers may actually have to do a fair amount of work to find a vestibular therapist who's able to to look at concussion injuries and and treat them in a reasonable amount of time, right? Um, You know, the new consensus statement emphasizes 48 hours of relative rest followed by a gradual increase in physical activity and and reintroduction to your life. Uh, I I really think that that's critically important. You know, the the clinical trial that came out of Canada uh, did a really good job of showing that in, in a group in a group that um, you know reintroduced physical activity within 48 or 72 hours, I believe, uh, compared to the group that waited until they were completely asymptomatic at rest, um, you know, it, it's become clear the more physical you are, the more active you are, as early as possible, even in the face of some discomfort. Right? You know, there's going to be parts there's going to be parts of this recovery that are not comfy um, that cause you to push yourself and and that's okay. Um, I I think that is a key, key component of, of uh, reinventing what we're doing here in, in terms of managing this injury from, from the classic paradigm. And you, it kind of alluded to already a lot of athletic trainers, they might not have readily available access to vestibular therapy. What are your recommendations for those that might be in that type of situation? Maybe that secondary school athletic trainer, how can they start advocating for their patient? What should they be looking for as far as identifying a vestibular therapist? Yeah, that's a key, key part of this. You know, uh, one of your questions earlier was how does a concussion specialty clinic being the population impact uh, the, the findings? And, and the answer is probably pretty substantially. Um, you know, 
a concussion specialty clinic is a rarity. There, there's just not that many out there. Um, and, you know, some have vestibular therapists that are a part of their program and some don't, but the vast majority of athletic trainers will not have access to a specialty clinic, will not have access to a vestibular therapist. Um, to As far as advice for telling them what to do for therapy, I'm not totally sure how to answer uh, how to answer that in a valid way. Uh, it's certainly an area of research that I'm very interested in, and something that we've started to look at is how to best arm the rural quote unquote athletic trainer to handle things like this. Um, I I encourage. I've definitely seen you know at NATA or local workshops. Um, vestibular assessment aspects being a part of of the programming there. Um, as far as what you can do as an athletic trainer specifically, you know, we're fully qualified to do an exercise program, for example. With the new guidelines being that, you know, waiting 48 hours of relative rest and reintroducing activity making an exercise program uh, for rehabilitation purposes after a concussion that involves dynamic movements, uh, that incorporates head movements side to side, that may very well stir up issues with, with a patient and cause them to feel some of those vestibular or ocular symptoms that come up. But we've seen that doing that is the very type of thing they do in vestibular therapy um, and will ultimately result in their reducing their symptoms faster. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, I, I'm excited about a lot of it. Uh, I, I think the last part I just mentioned is, you know, starting to get into, okay, now we know that after 48 hours of relative rest, you can start reintroducing activity and, and it makes people better faster. So as we kind of wrap up here, what are some key takeaways that you hope clinicians um, come away from this article with? Yeah, I would say, first of all, uh, wherever possible, a multi-domain assessment of concussion is important um, so that you can you cannot miss aspects that are unique to this this individual person's presentation that's in front of you. No two people will present the same from a concussion, even if the contact and the injury itself was exactly the same. Um, you, what you bring to the table results in the way you respond to this injury. And so um, the, I would say that first and foremost, you know, it's important to assess the, the vestibular and ocular motor symptoms. The VOMS has a, a ton of research into it now. It's it's validated with cutoff scores for concussion, but but this is really what it was designed to do: is identify vestibular and ocular issues after a concussion, not identify concussion itself. Um, so I, I think digging into that a little bit more for the athletic trainer is important, making sure they're doing that assessment correctly. Uh, I'd encourage athletic trainers and other clinicians to to use their, you know, continuing medical education um, credits, how in a way that can help them better understand this injury and how to access people that can uh, help their patients move further than 
within their scope of practice, you know, um, doing some research into vestibular therapists in the area um, and, and, you know, picking their brains about what can I do in my scope of practice um, to help them in, in the event of, you know, what do you do if somebody doesn't have insurance and they and they got injured in in high school football and I'm in I'm in a rural county? Um, what can I do for that patient who I can't refer to vestibular therapy? I think those are, are those are the key takeaways and opportunities for future research from this study. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, it's definitely, I, I echo your excitement about how much we're learning and the emergence of, we can actually do something now, right? As clinicians, you know, we're moving into that direction of actually rehabbing post-concussion. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for taking your time today to talk to me about this. And um, just for everyone listening, this article and all of the Journal of Athletic Training's offerings are open access through um, the National Athletic Trainers Association. And again, Dr. Eagle, thank you so much for joining me today on Chat. Thank you.